Miracy. I'm Jane Morillow, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Coaches Business School, and we help coaches bring their soul work to the world with purpose-driven profits. You could say I come from the wrong side of the tracks, I guess. But my parents were very hardworking, and I definitely got a work ethic from them. But my mum was a tea lady. This is back in the day. She used to literally work for the local gas authority, um, Northwest Gas, and it was called Norweb. And she used to push a tea trolley around all the offices, giving all the blue collar workers like tea. That was my mum's job. So as you can tell, it wasn't very high paying. And my dad used to also work for the gas board, but he used to dig up mains. And when I look back now, they worked very hard for what we had. But yeah, it was a challenging start, I think, to life because there was very often where I'd get home from school and there was nobody there and there was no food in the cupboard. And, you know, it was just difficult, let's say, as a child trying to navigate that. And my mum and dad were under so much stress that there wasn't a lot of love in the home. And, you know, and if they were ever there, really, I remember being what we called in the UK a latchkey kid for most of my childhood. When my grandma died, she left my mom a few thousand pounds, which back then I think was was quite a lot of money, and particularly for my family because we come from poverty. And my mom had always wanted to open a coffee shop, and she actually did that, and then went on to open a salad bar and then a high-level restaurant as well. So she opened the first coffee shop when I was 14. So that became my Saturday and vacation job. But I was kind of so good at it that my mom then realized she was trapped and she couldn't go on vacation or holiday. But she had this daughter that was capable of running the show. So then what happened through, um, I think by the time I was 16, she would go on holiday for like three to four weeks in the summer and just leave me in charge. And then throughout my college I would always come back for Christmas. I'd come back for summer and Easter and all these things. And I would work in the cafes and the restaurants with the staffing and the stock and everything. And she would just leave me (laughs) running everything. And I had a younger sister who's seven years younger than me as well. And I used to look after her at the same time. And I used to do this before I could actually drive. And so I had to take taxis everywhere to go and pick up everything and supplies and everything. But yeah, that was my first taste of what it was to run your own show. I went on this management and leadership development program and it was in London. And I thought it was the most appalling training I'd ever been on. (laughs) So I came back to my store and I wrote a leadership development program that I thought would be good. And I only knew this from, at that point, I'd done some work in my initial degree around psychology. I was already an occupational psychologist in the UK. So I just put together a program and then the head office picked it up. And they wanted me to come and talk to their learning and development team. And then I was given a place in the learning and development team, which started me off on this track, I guess. (laughs) I remarried to a really good friend. And in 2001, I gave birth to Jacob. And what I didn't realize at the time was I'd sustained a massive medical injury that went misdiagnosed for 11 months. 
when I finally collapsed, I literally collapsed in front of a board in London and was rushed to hospital. And I got my diagnosis, which was bladder, kidney and spinal cord issues. I won't go into all the details, but literally I was three to four years bedridden in a wheelchair, multiple surgeries, nothing worked. Finally, paid to go and see one of the top neurourologists who was doing research at Imperial College London for her PhD. And what happened was she was horrid. And she said to me, Jane, you need to go home and make the most of the time you have left with your children. You're never going to get better. The opiates are only ever going to get up. You're going to lose your bladder. And she said, I give you 10 years from the date of the original injury, which kind of put my death at 2011. And she sent me away. And I was hysterical, as I'm sure you can imagine. And then I decided that because my background was in psychology, I knew that that was the best she could tell me, but it didn't have to be my story. And somewhere in all of that, it was actually my son actually picked up this brightly colored book with a rainbow on the front. And then he was reading his Thomas the Tank Engine books. And Nick, my husband, said to him, Okay, Jacob, which book do you want to take home today? And he picked up the rainbow book and he said, This is for mommy. And it was Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. And that was the beginning of my path back to healing. It was a team of different therapists that I put together that helped me get back to life because I never expected I would get back this well. But the last step in the journey was, according to an Oriental doctor, you don't live in a damp, wet climate if you have the conditions that I have and continue to manage to this day. But I'm not on any painkillers or anything. I've done it all through meditation and therapy and body therapy and acupuncture and oriental medicine. So I listened to that doctor and hence the whole family moved to Florida. I think it was very humbling to realize how vulnerable life is and to realize that my business, yes, it's important to me, but it's not everything. I am now at a different level of, I suppose, a different level of relationship with my business in that it now serves me and the lifestyle that I want. And I think for many years, as a leftover from my childhood, I was chasing financial security. It was like I was moving away from something and still trying to prove to myself that I could make it, right? But my definition of success changed massively because now I realize without my health, I don't have anything. There is no business. There is no life. There is no relationships with my children. There's no happiness. There's no joy. Health comes first. You have to take care of you first as an entrepreneur. And that's not like the message that you often hear. And it's not selfish. It really is about your health and well-being. And so I took that to heart and I really began to embody it. And now. It's like my business is in flow in a way that it's never been before. I've dropped the hustle. That, that's kind of fallen away now. I've even dropped the intellectual need to prove to myself anything. And now I follow the energy. I go where the work wants me to go. I go where my business needs me to be. And my business has its own energy. And I know my relationship with it is key. So it needs things from me. And I listen deeply to what that might be, just like I listen deeply to my clients, to what they might want to need too. And it's a very, very different way of doing business. It's not what I was taught at business school, let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't actually believe there is any making it. I think there's just degrees of making it because I've had 
so many elements, so many milestones where I felt like I've made it. So there was never a destination that was making it. I feel like making it is like these points in almost in every day. I want to make sure I've got a point where I sit back and I reflect and I go, that was really good. That was good. And then put that to one side and go, okay, now what's next? So I feel it's more like a wave. It's more like a continuous wave of almost like 1% incremental getting better every day. That for me is making it. And I don't just mean more money, right? I'm not interested in just chasing the money. I'm interested in legacy and impact and making a meaningful difference in our world. And that's what I want to catalyze in other people too. And so making it for me is when I've just done the best I can do in that day. And I put my head on the pillow at the end of the day and I just go, yeah, that was a good day. <laughs> I'm Jane Morillo and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at coachesbusinessschool.com. Making It is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.